Well, good morning. Here I've been dragging my feet on trying to make this as simple as possible, just overcomplicating it. This morning kind of highlighted. I've had these same tabs open and my notes for this podcast, as well as a couple, half dozen or dozen more, sitting on a back burner looking for a perfect, there's no perfect time anymore, is there? So what I've been trying to do is kind of bring this into a simple Cole's notes of what are we getting at here when we're talking about these different um, prescriptions. So I tried to, I went live and I tried to do my live vlog last week. Again, starting with right view, Samaditi. I thought it would be fine, but then I forgot about um, the marks of existence. So there I sat wondering, oh, i got to make this simpler. Came up with something even cooler recently. There's a uh, professor out of Princeton who has this belief that um, ego or consciousness or the self is simply something that we use, calls it a schema, Something that we use to deal with our everyday lives. It's all of this data coming in, and that data just gets exponentially larger day by day. It's all this data. Of course, we can't pay attention to everything. It's explained how um, we actually do manage this, right? If you think about it, um, have you ever had really bad case of, uh, you know, the itches or the hives or something. Um, uh, it's uh, hard to explain, I guess. Uh, something that made me think of this recently, it was a gentleman that was reviewing a couple of different work coats. I found it interesting because he went into great detail about the cuffs and not just how they were, you know, um, tight to the skin, whatever they call them, like a rib-knit cuff. But he made sure to mention that the different rib patterns uh, would, after a long day of working, would, you know, pull at his hair and he found it. And he says, you didn't understand if you go the whole day through. And it made me think, this is life, right? Uh, regular little things don't tend to eat at us until it's the the water torture idea. That a drop of water is not enough uh, to torture. But you continue that for hours or days incessantly, and it does start to become a torture. Right? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about right view. I still am talking about samaditi. What is samaditi? Well, that begins with the marks of existence. The three marks of existence are not self, uh, this suffering, this malaise, this dissatisfaction we all suffer, and impermanence. So, anicca, anatta, and dukkha. It's important because these terms are important. Right? So, we're looking at it's not the self, right? No self, not no self, because, like I just said, science has told us that we do need this consciousness to help manage all of 
the aggregates that we deal with on a daily basis. But it's not all about the self because it doesn't exist. It's this construct we develop as a means, a coping mechanism. So how can we rely on it as being right, the source of this right view, correct view, samaditi? We can't. It's a construct. So what is this right view? The right view is understanding that this ego is non-existent, empty of intrinsic value, this dependent origination. That's what we're talking about here. What do you mean you personally? You're the person that prefers, you know, red meat over uh, seafood or you prefer to go walking in the park as opposed to jogging around a track, right? You're five foot ten as opposed to somebody else. You feel tall or short or fat or skinny or pretty or ugly or homely. But none of those can be uh, traced back to a root that can be distinguished from any other aggregate, right? So it's as simple as you're no different than somebody else. Yes, you are a different collection of aggregates, but so are they. And when you boil down those tiny little pieces of aggregates, we're all made up of essentially the same thing. No, they're not identical, but that's us labeling. But what am I talking about? Still talking about right view. So you have to understand that this, these ego-based desires, this, this uh, construct of self leads to our dissatisfaction, our suffering, this dukkha that I've talked about, this potter's wheel that's, you know, imbalanced and, and just leads to dissatisfying results, right? I mean, it's that idea that if you want to produce the best possible pot, then you want to make sure that your wheel is balanced. This is this idea of dissatisfaction or um, failure can be predicted because of, right, your motivation, right? So it's not about the self. This self just leads to dissatisfaction in cause and effect, these outcomes, this kama, this action, karma in Sanskrit, kama in Pali, Simply action, but more so, yes, it's more complicated than simply action. It's again to remind us of this cause and effect. But what am I talking about? Skillful and unskillful, good or bad. These are labels again. Hmm. I'm still talking about right view, samaditi, right? It's knowledge in regards to stress, that life is inherently dissatisfying, dukkha. Samaditi is knowledge with regard to the origination of stress that flows from this artificial construct we consider the self, ego. Knowledge with regards to the cessation of stress. That's reigning in this ego, understanding the source, root, and in this case cessation of stress, which is part of the impermanence, 
right? So understanding that, applying these labels or applying this self, right? Because every moment you are reborn again is the philosophy. So this impermanence, right? Because if you think about it from a scientific perspective, we rebuild ourselves over our, ourselves, not ourselves, uh, ourselves, C-E-L-L, right? We will, for example, consume, say, for example, RNA. And we will use that to duplicate our own DNA. Just as a simple example. So we are not who we were even moments ago. As a collection of aggregates, we're not the same collection of aggregates. So this is this impermanence that is also required, part of this right view, to understand the cessation of stress, again, is these truths, these marks of existence, and finally, the way of practice that leads to this cessation of stress. Naroda, no outflows, meaning you can't change anything that's out there. It's simply how you balance, manage, and handle cause and effect outcomes, skillful, skillful or unskillful uh, acts, good or bad, sama actions. What am I talking about? I'm still talking about samaditi, right view. Right view is commonly considered the first step on the Noble Eightfold Path. What is the Noble Eightfold Path? That's that way of practice leading to the cessation of stress. So again, what is Buddhism? Buddhism is... Life is inherently dissatisfying. Why? Because this collection of aggregates that we label as self or ego leads us to dissatisfying results. Because nothing is permanent. So why do we cling to outcomes and self? So we're talking about these four noble truths that life is inherently suffering. There is a root cause of this suffering. Our own ego, our own belief in permanence, our own disbelief in dependent origination, all lead to this truth. And the way out is this noble eightfold path. So right within Samaditi, right view, you have the noble eightfold path, the Mark's of existence, the Four Noble Truths, karma, and what's even interesting is it mentions something called admirable friendships, right? Intentional action, karma, karma, important to understand, skillful and unskillful, goes to the admirable friendship. Also talking about who you surround yourself with. So, really, that's it. That's Buddhism in a nutshell. So, you do good for good sake. Surround yourself with good for good sake. Um, do good for good sake. Um, because if you don't, you get kind of a, a pushback. Either from yourself within or... Right? So, there you go. Cole's notes. Hope I didn't forget anything.